NBA playoffs start this week. I'm going to give you my predictions. It's win or lose. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Win or Lose, another episode. Hope everybody is doing well, just as well as this NBA bubble. It's been a success so far. No positive COVID tests. Basketball has been amazing. I didn't know what to expect with no fans, you know, in an empty arena and how that would play out. But it seems like the players have found their energy. The games have been good. The games have been competitive. I've enjoyed it so far, and I'm looking forward to the playoffs. It's been fun watching these games. We finally get sports back. We're watching it, and we, you know, like I said, they're being competitive. They're finding ways to, you know, bring the energy, whether it's from the bench or the coaches or, you know, the virtual fans or whatever. But I've liked what I've seen so far. Like I said, it's been a good basketball. The playoffs are set now. We had the play-in game yesterday with the Portland Trailblazers and the Memphis Grizzlies, and that also was a good game. Portland escaped with a 126-122 victory. Damian Lillard led them. He's just been amazing the last four games for the Blazers. Well, the whole bubble, really. But these last four games, he just took his game to another level after the loss to the Clippers. They knew they couldn't afford another loss, and he played like it. Every game they you know, pretty much played in the bubble was down to the wire and was a really good competitive game. So that should bode well for them going into the playoffs. You got to find a way to get in. You know, Portland got in and anything can happen, especially with no home court advantage and, you know, just a very different scenario than we used to seeing in NBA playoffs where really having that home court advantage could really push, the, you know, the better team over the, you know, put them over the top of you know, any other competition. So it's going to be fun. It's a lot of things I learned from this bubble. It's a lot of, you know, players who came and took their game to another level. And it was a lot of players who you pretty much seen didn't want to be there. Get me the hell out of here. And, you know, it's, those teams are going home right now. And some of them should be going home, but they just happen to be in the Eastern Conference, you know, Orlando Magic. But um, let's talk about it. Uh, playoffs are starting. All the, the, you know, the matches are set, and the Western Conference is loaded. So, it's, I think all the Western Conference, well, let's, uh, let's start with the East first. The Milwaukee Bucks are the number one seed, and they'll be uh, taking on the Orlando Magic, who got there by default, in my opinion. I mean, got to take eight teams in the East, so they happen to be the eighth team. I don't even think that's going to be a series. I think that's going to be a four-game sweep. I like Milwaukee in that series. And I would be surprised if Orlando won a game. I would be surprised if Orlando was in within single digits in any game. I think Milwaukee is too much. They should be able to get rid of this team in four games. And Orlando should be on vacation. At least they don't have to go far. I mean, the bubble is in Orlando. They reside out there. You know, go on with your business, Magic. You don't have no business being in the playoffs anyway. But like I said, you're in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, I guess we got to take eight teams. Uh, you got the Toronto Raptors and the Brooklyn Nets. I like Brooklyn. They play hard. 
They play together. They play team ball. They're a nice little scrappy team. Even with all the people who sat out, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, Kevin Durant is hurt. Kyrie Irving is hurt. DeAndre Jordan didn't go. Jamal Crawford got hurt. So they still play hard. Karis LeVert, Joe Harris. I, I like this team a lot. They're going against the defending champs. So I I think Brooklyn will get a game. I think they can get a game off Toronto. Now, Toronto has been playing good, too. They're one of the first teams that arrived in the bubble, and they got good continuity. They also play hard. They play together, and they just got more talent than Brooklyn. They got the more experienced team, and they got, you know, been together more. So they've been through these battles. So I like Toronto to win this series. But like I said, I, I can see Brooklyn winning the game. Just go out there and just play hard. Give it your all for 48 minutes, and good things will happen. That's what Brooklyn does. Now, they're not talented enough to win this series, no. But I think they can get one game. And I like Jacques Vaughn has done. I like the job he's done. I don't know if he'll be the coach if Kyrie and Kevin want him. But I like what he's done so far. So we'll see how that plays out. You got the Boston Celtics against the Philadelphia 76ers. This could possibly go. I like Boston to win this series. But I also know. When Simmons is out or Embiid is out, it seems like the Sixers play better. Like one of them is either injured or not playing. It seems like the Sixers play better. So Ben Simmons is out for the year. So I think the Sixers will play better. I don't think they'll win the series, but I think they'll look better than they looked all this year. You know, they just have me playing a better team in Boston. But I think this could possibly go six, maybe even seven. But I got Boston winning it in the end. But don't be surprised if this series goes six or seven. Philadelphia has been a disappointment. I don't know what it is about Simmons and Embiid playing together, but it seems like they play better when one of them is gone. Brett Brown should be fired once this series is over with. He just, I don't know, they don't respect him or he's just not mean enough. I've always had issues with Brett Brown and his decision making. So this should be the end of him once Boston wins this series. And you got the Miami Heat and the Indiana Pacers. Two teams that's going to play hard. Miami's going to play hard. Pacers are going to play hard. In the end, I like the Heat to win this series in six, maybe seven games. I like the Heat. I think they're the better team. I think they got more talent. I think they're more physical. I just don't know how to trust the Pacers without Sabonis. You know, without Sabonis, Oladipo is a shell of himself. But the way T.J. Ward has been playing, man, he's been playing on another level. He has been playing on another level. You know, you talk about the people of the bubble, Devin Booker, Damian Lillard. It's been a lot of, but T.J. Ward has been one of my surprises. You talk about most improved player. How about most improved in fucking five months? I mean, he's come back playing another level. But how will he be once, you know, the defense is focused on him? You know, he's not used to being the number one. Hold on. We got to stop this guy. He's not used to being that. How will he, you know, react when it's, okay, the defense is focused on you? Oladipo is a shell of himself. Sabonis is, he's out. Mouse Turner is inconsistent. You know, we focusing on you. How can he handle that? I don't know. I, that's why I like the Heat. I think they pretty much know, you know, who they are, who's, you know, what they like to do. Eric Sposter is always going to have them. They're always going to be well coached. They're more, like I said, they're a physical team. I like the Heat to win this series. Six, maybe seven games. I wouldn't be surprised if it went seven games, but I will, I will go with the Heat to win that series. Over in the Western Conference, you know, you got the Lakers and the Blazers. 
Now, there's a lot of people going around saying Portland can actually win this series. I don't see it. I don't see Portland winning this series. I see Portland maybe winning one game or two, but actually winning the series, I don't see it through it. Their lack of defense they play, and they just really have nobody to match up with LeBron James. With Trevor Ariza not, not coming to the bubble and Rodney Hood, you know, still injured, they really don't have nobody to guard LeBron. If you're going to ask Carmelo Anthony to do that, that's a tough task at this age, if his, you know, if his stage of his career, you know, so I think it's a bad matchup against LeBron. They do have some bodies to throw at Anthony Davis. So, it's, like I said, it should be interesting. Lakers have absolutely nobody who's, who can guard Lillard or McCullum on the perimeter with Avery Bradley being out. Danny Green could do a decent job, but at the end of the day, they still going to get theirs too. Portland just wants to outscore you. They're not trying to play any defense, and the Lakers have been a top 10, top 5, top 10 defense all year, so they're going, they're going to get stops. I think the Lakers are the better team. They're going to play some defense. Portland plays none. So I like the Lakers to win this in five games, maybe six. Five fun games. It's going to be entertaining. It's going to be fun to watch. But I got the Lakers winning this game in five games, possibly six if Dame catches fire and, you know, steals a couple of them. But I like the Lakers in five or six. Uh, The 2-7 matchup, we got the Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks. Another, you know, team that just straight offense no d in dallas straight offense they want to outscore you nobody on dallas is going to play defense nobody's even trying to play defense and that's not going to bode well against the clippers i think the clippers can score and the clippers can lock you up i think dallas is a young team they just you know it's it's you know a good thing that they, they just made the playoffs i think this is a franchise that's been down for years, you know, after they won that championship in 2011. So it's good to see them back in the playoffs. But do I actually see them winning this series? I don't. They can win one game, I think. So one, yeah, I'll give them one game. But the possi- they don't play good enough defense to win four, beat the Clippers in four, four times in a series. I just don't see that happening. I think the Clippers are the better team. And I think they're just going to overwhelm the uh, young Mavericks. But this is a good building block with Luka and Porzingis, their first run in the playoffs. And they're going to be a scary team from years to come, especially once they start playing defense. Uh, Denver and Utah is the 3-6 matchup. I like the Nuggets in that series. I think that's going to possibly go 7 but I think the Nuggets will win. Utah's, you know, had some issues at the bubble. You know, Bardanovich got hurt. That really hurt him. Now we find out today that Mike Conley will be leaving. He'll be leaving with the birth of his uh, child. So he he's going to miss a couple of games in that series. Two teams I think are evenly matched. But I think Denver's young legs, I think they got more talent. You know, I like what Michael Porter, another guy who surprised me, in this role. Michael Porter Jr. has been balling. He's that third scorer now with the Joker and Jamal Murray now. Since, you know, with Gary Harris, we don't know what we're going to get. We hear the miss with Gary Harris, so it's good. Michael Porter Jr. stepping in, taking that third scoring role. That's what Denver needs. I like the Nuggets to win this series in seven games. And then you got the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Boy, this is one of the, the, uh, the series that I'm looking forward to watching. This is going to be fun right here. and what It would be poetic justice if Chris Paul could stick the dagger in the Rockets' season. Russell Westbrook is hurt, so we, he might miss the first two games. So this is really going to make it interesting. He's going against his old team, too, once he's able to get back. And Houston is just, 
you know what you're going to get from Houston. James Harden, you know, isolating the ball and Eric Gordon and P.J. Tucker pretty much have turned into, you know, spot-up shooters. And it's going to be interesting without having Westbrook out there, you know, how does that play out? This is a tough one to pick. This is a tough one to pick. Like, why I wouldn't mind seeing Chris Paul get get revenge on the Rockets, I see the Rockets winning this series in seven games. I think it's going to go seven. I think it's going to be competitive. This is going to be, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a couple of, you know, shoving matches or, or some fights, you know, break out in this series. Kind of like that with the Pacers and Heat, too. There's going to be two teams that I don't think like each other. Still some bad blood. I think Paul feel like the Rockets did him wrong. Westbrook against his old teammates. So it's going to be fun. But I like Houston to win this in seven games. James Harden's going to have to take his game to another level where Westbrook got the first two games. But I think if they can, you know, get him back and it's still 1-1, I think it's, it's good enough for Westbrook and Harden to get back together and win this series because they're going to need to. Because if they do not, I think they're breaking this team up. They're going to fire the general manager. They're going to fire Mike D'Antoni. And some of these players might not be back. So the playoffs is underway. It's going to be fun to watch. I can't watch. I'm breaking down the first round. We'll see how it goes. Two more NBA coaching job openings have just opened as the Chicago Bulls fired Jim Boylan and the New Orleans Pelicans just fired Alvin Gentry. After five seasons with the team, Alvin went 175 and 225 and only made the playoffs one year. Um, Anthony Davis quit on them last year. Zion couldn't stay healthy with a young team. I... I kind of don't disagree with the with the move. Uh, Alvin Gentry, he's had several chances in the NBA in Phoenix, and then he got another chance, uh, was an assistant with Golden State on their first championship, then got the job in New Orleans. So he's had years to you know, kind of get it together. You know, he's had some bad luck. Like I said, Anthony Davis kind of, Kind of uh, wanted out last year. He couldn't get the team right this year with the injuries and just the, just a young team trying to trying to find a way to win. Then a couple of years ago, when they thought we thought they were on to something, Boogie Cousins tears his Achilles. So he just had some bad luck, and I think he'll get a job, maybe assistant somewhere, because he he is a good coach. Not not a great coach, but a good coach. I'm pretty sure he'll find somewhere and land back on his feet. So where do the Pelicans go from here? Um, they need to get somebody in here who can, you know, with some structure and, you know, uh, discipline and really going to, you know, hold these young guys accountable. You got guys out here who, you know, get Zion, who going to get Zion and let up, let, be honest with them, let them know, like, you need to get in shape. You need to lose about 30, 40 pounds, come in here, get in shape, and let's go. Brandon Ingram, you need to get stronger. Lonzo Ball, you need to look like you care, like you want to be here. Now, I don't know what's going on with you, but you need to get your act together, too. Somebody, like, that's what they need. Somebody who, you know, no nonsense. And I like Mark Jackson for the job. You know, fire a brother, bring one in. I like Mark Jackson. I like Jason Kidd. 
um, what about Darvin Ham? I mean, Tyler Jenkins got a job from that Milwaukee staff last year. Why not Darvin Ham get a chance to, you know, get a job from the Milwaukee staff? Adrian Griffin in Toronto. Oh, I mean, let's get another brother in here. You know, why not? I don't see nothing wrong with it. There's another job opening in Chicago. They fired their coach, Jim Borland. I think nobody liked him. Players, coaches, general manager, fans, owner. Nobody liked that guy. I don't know what it was, but he got into it with a couple of the, the stars on the team, and they did couldn't run him out of Chicago fast enough. So now that's the opening with the Bulls team, who's... I don't know what that way that franchise has been looking. I don't know if I would want to take that job, but but I don't know. They got some nice young talent. It's just I don't know what's going on with the Bulls. But you know, it's another job opening with with uh, Brooklyn. You know, would Jacques Vaughn get the job? I doubt it. You know, would you know who can come in there? You know, when Kyrie and Kevin come back to really like get them over the hump to win the championship. Some tough decisions need to be made, but it's also some nice young coaches out here who deserve a shot, and I would love to see them get a shot. You know, don't out with the old, bring in the new. Don't keep on recycling these coaches, you know, the guys who keep getting several chances, but, you know, don't win. Let's get some young guys in here and see, you know, see what they can do. You know, you never know, you know, until you, until you try. And I want the Pelicans to go out there and, you know, Get somebody who's never coached before, or Mark Jackson, a guy who did a great job and just never got a you know another another second chance. You win 50 games, you get fired, and then you never get another chance to coach again. That's unheard of. So hopefully he gets another opportunity. But the way it's looking, there's something going on, something in the water when it comes to Mark Jackson. I, I, I don't, for the life of me, I don't understand how the hell Mark Jackson and got a, another opportunity in this league. I mean, I don't understand. He's been out the league for over five years now. So it's like, what's going on? Did he kneel and don't nobody know about it before? I mean, there's something going on while Mark Jackson is not getting a, a, a coaching job. So we'll see. Like I said, three openings. We'll see what happens. Might be more with Brett Brown and others. If these other coaches don't get far in the playoffs, there should be more job openings. So we'll see where that goes from from here. Let's give out some awards. NBA. Uh, Stop this play, so they're going to go with who they, you know, most valuable player will be, you know, stop that, that, that date in March when basketball stopped. So we're going to go with, uh, we're going to start first with the most valuable player. This year, I think it was Giannis. You know, the candidates are Giannis, James Harden, and LeBron James. I think Giannis has clearly been the MVP of the league this year. Averaging 29 and 13. Team has the best record in the league. And he's just been amazing. You know, I still want to I want to see him, you know, at least get to the finals and kind of top this season off by winning in the playoffs. But it, this is a regular season award. He has been the best player in the league this year. Some people might argue it's been LeBron James. And 
LeBron James has had a good year, 25 points, and he led the league this year in assists with 10 a game. And is it kind of a sympathy? You know, LeBron's 35 years old. He's been amazing. He's been amazing 17 years. Is it kind of like we're giving it, want to give it to LeBron because he's 35 or because he's been the best player this year? I mean, I think, you know, they didn't make the playoffs last year because LeBron got injured. They would have made it. But I think Anthony Davis has been huge to the Lakers being the number one seed. Not saying he's the best player on the team, but he has been the most important. When he plays well, they win. When he doesn't play well, they lose. LeBron can't carry a team like he used to. He can still be out there and get make his teammates better, move the ball around, and that's, that's what he has done this year. Do I think it's good enough to win the MVP? No, I don't. But you know what I'm saying? We've seen it last year. LeBron needs a nice veteran team around him. You know, he doesn't have – he's a great leader, don't get me wrong, but once sometimes when you get to a certain age, once you get over 30, it's like – Look, man, I don't, I don't want to be teaching all the time. You, you need to know something. You, I need to you know something. You know what I'm saying? You can't back it up, you know, over your over 30s now. I'm not teaching. I don't need to be teaching you that, girl. There's some stuff you just need to know. And LeBron, with those younger guys, he just, he doesn't feel like teaching all the time. Like, you need to know certain things. So he wants a veteran team. He, you know, got rid of those young guys. They brought Anthony Davis in. Boom, LeBron's back in the playoffs this year. He has been an MVP candidate, and he's been amazing. But do I think that's good enough to win the MVP? I do not. Uh, I think he will finish in second place. I think Giannis is the MVP. He's done that with, I think he has, you know, he doesn't have an Anthony Davis on his team. You know, if LeBron took this Bucks team and had them number one seed, we'd be going crazy. He'd definitely be the the MVP. What Giannis has done to me with his second player is Chris Middleton, which is a good player, but nobody's going to go on record and say Chris Middleton's great, you know. So I think what he has done has been amazing. So I'm going to go with Giannis as my MVP. I'm going to go with LeBron coming in second. Then I'm going to go with James Harden third. James led the league in scoring this year, but to me, the Rockets have underachieved. You know, they should at least, you know, at least been a number three seed in the West. And they have not done that. I don't think, you know, they went to this small ball, so they're getting killed on the boards. I just don't, I just don't think the Rockets have what it takes, but James has been great as far as scoring, like he always is every year. He's always going to be an MVP candidate, just the way he scores the ball. But if he can get his team to the next level, maybe has been the number one seed, maybe he would have more of a, an argument for the MVP. But I think he'll finish in third behind Giannis, LeBron, and then James in third. Uh, for the rookie of the year, we got, we got uh, for the candidates, we got Ja Morant, Kendrick Nunn, and Zion Williamson. I'm going to go with Ja, ja Morant to be the MVP this year. I mean, not the MVP, but the rookie of the year. 17 and 7. Memphis really overachieved. Nobody thought that they would would even be mentioned in, you know, playoff contention. They really fought hard. I like this young Memphis Grizzlies team. I really do. You know, I really like what they building right now with uh Taylor Jenkins as the coach. You know, they got, you know, Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks when he decides to stop taking bad shots. They got a nice future. Jai has been a catalyst. You know, they had the number two pick, and then they just, you know, really had the eighth seed all all year. If it wasn't no stoppage in play, Memphis Grizzlies would be in the playoffs right now. But I think that stoppage of play kind of hurt them, a young team. Now they got started back over, and they just never really found their chemistry in the bubble. 
and end up losing in the play-in game to a more veteran Portland Trailblazer team. But I like what, I like Memphis's future. John Moran is a great point guard. I love what he's doing. He should be NBA Rookie of the Year. Zion Williamson didn't play enough games to be mentioned, but I think he'll come in second. He's averaged 23 points this year, even even with time restrictions. They limited his minutes on the court. He still is able to average 23 points a game. I like to see him get his rebounds up a little bit. He's only averaging seven a game. I like to get him around that 10, 9, 10. I think he can get there. Lose a little bit of weight, become better defensively. He's a liability on the defensive end. end. And I think he, you know, he has all the makings. He has the charisma. He's a good player. You know, this could be a guy the NBA could build around. So I think, but him not playing that many games is going to hurt him not being rookie of the year. Uh, Kendrick Nunn has been a pleasant surprise for the Miami Heat. He played in the G League, I think Golden State, in Golden State's G League, and Miami made a trade or whatever. Heat seem to always find talent that nobody knows about. He's come in, averaged 15 points a game, been a pleasant surprise. I didn't know anything about him, but it's good to see him playing ball. Like I said, Heat always finds somebody that nobody's ever heard of, get them into their franchise, develop them, and he's a good player who should have a nice career. Uh, Brandon Clark has been a surprise for the Grizzlies. Like I said, I like what the Grizzlies are doing. Kobe White had a good year as a rookie. So it's a lot of nice nice rookies this year, but I'm going to go with John Morant to be my rookie of the year. A defensive player of the year. You got Giannis, Anthony Davis, and Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is going for his third straight defensive player of the year. And that's amazing. He's been an anchor for this Utah Jazz defense for six years. They always, you know, in the top 10 as far as defense. And it's because of him. You know, he's, you know, 11 rebounds, two blocks a game. He's always been a stout defensive player. And he even, even did a great stop this year when he stopped the season with the, you know, Corona. But then you got Anthony Davis and Giannis who can guard multiple positions. Who Anthony Davis has really turned this Laker defense around to him and Frank Vogel coming in and putting, you know, making this a better defensive team. Lakers have been a good defensive team all year. I think it's mainly because of Anthony Davis. Giannis can guard multiple positions. He's always all over the place. Very athletic. So I think this defensive award, I mean, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be upset who got it, because I think all guys are all three guys are deserving. But I'm thinking I'm going to give it to Giannis. Like I said, he, I think he's been the best player on the offensive end and on the defensive end. He's been the MVP. So I'm going to go with him to win the defensive player of the year also. The sixth man of the year, you got Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, and Lou Williams. Two teammates, Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams for the Clippers. But are they really, are they really six men? Because they come in three minutes, four minutes into the game and play just as many minutes as Kawhi. And Paul George, they finished the games off too. Technically, since they come off the bench, I guess they are six-man. And it seems like Lou Williams is a candidate every year. He might go down as the best six-man in NBA history. And I know, you know, that's not a that's not a hot take. I think that we can pretty much start saying that now. Lou Williams might go down as the best six-man in NBA history. Uh, Dennis Schroeder has been great with the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. But they go to that three-guard alignment with him, Chris Paul and Shea Alexander. I like what he's doing. He's always been a scoring machine coming off the bench when he did in his earlier in his career in Atlanta. Then he was a starter for a little bit. Now he's back to the bench. I like the energy. He always comes in, instant offense off the bench. All three of these guys, I think Derrick Rose would have been a candidate had the Pistons not been so terrible. He would have been amazing too. He still got it. And a lot of people still count. I was if the Lakers had Derrick Rose instead of Rondo, I would feel more confident about them going into the playoffs. Somebody would handle the ball, get to the bucket. 
and still put up points with no problems. You know, if Derrick Rose coming in, it's going to be buckets. If the Lakers had made that trade and got Derrick Rose or somehow got him in free agency instead of Rondo, I think the Lakers would be in a much, much, much better position. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, sixth man of the year, I'm going to give it to Lou Williams. I mean, like I said, I think he's just been every, everything you can ask for in, in a teammate. He's cool with coming off the bench. He knows he's going to get his shots. He knows he's going to get his minutes. He doesn't even make a lot of money as far as NBA terms. And he just does there and gets the job done, you know. You know, other than making that trip to Atlanta in the bubble. I mean, he's been, you know, great teammate. No problems at Lou. I'm looking for Lou to get another six-man of the year award. Uh, most improved player, Bam Adebayo, Luka Doncic, Brandon Ingram. Like I said, this is just kind of like the, you know, defensive player of the year. Where three guys, all well-deserved. All of them have made a big improvement. I mean... Look at Bam. I mean, he's an all-star now, starter for the Miami Heat. I mean, just a, a glue guy, just does it all. Defense, can give you some offense, physicalness, block shots. I mean, whatever you ask, he can get in there and do. Give you 20 and 10, you know, a night. I mean, he does it all. Luka Doncic, I mean, what does he not do on the offensive end? I mean, this guy's going to be special for years to come. He's going to be an MVP candidate, let alone most improved player. He's going to be an MVP candidate for the next 10 years. Get used to that name. Uh, got Dallas in the playoffs. You know, this, this has been a struggle for this franchise ever since they won that championship. They haven't been relevant at all. He's put them back on the map. They're back in the playoffs. Uh, Brandon Ingram, uh, he got traded out of L.A., and I think that was good for him. Let him be, you know, he's the number one guy on the team. He's showing what he can do when he, you know, when he gets his chance. And I like what I'm seeing from him. Great trade for the Pelicans. And they have a bright future, too. Just like the Grizzlies. Them, the Grizzlies and Pelicans, look out for the Western Conference. Those two teams are coming. Um, This is a tough one. I'm going to give it to Luka Doncic because it is just a big improvement from what we've seen from last year. He was good last year, but this year we seem like this kid is special. He's going to take his game to another level. I'm going to go with Luka Doncic as my most improved player. And the NBA Coach of the Year, we got Mike Budenholzer, Billy Donovan, and Nick Nurse. Uh, Mike Budenholzer, I mean, I think you kind of expected Milwaukee to be good this year and kind of be good in the Eastern Conference, kind of the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. We kind of seen this. And Budenholzer, to me, is a is a good, you know, regular season coach. My thing with Bootenhoser is what you're going to do once the playoffs start. Once a team gets to, you know, watch you every game and play you every game and know your weaknesses and your coaching strategy, then how do you, you know, how do you combat that, you know? So that's always been my problem with Bootenhoser. I'm not denying he is a great coach, a good regular season coach. I just want to see it in the playoffs when it comes with him. Um, Billy Donovan with the Oklahoma City Thunders. Yeah, Oklahoma City has overachieved. Nobody thought Oklahoma City would even make the playoffs, would even be good. And he has been a good. I give that more to Chris Paul's leadership, though. I think Chris Paul coming in there and setting a standard and having morals and this the way we're going to do things. I'm kind of giving him more credit than Billy Donovan. But Billy Donovan has made some adjustments in his coaching strategy. That's kind of helped the Thunder be better than what they are. Uh, Nick Nurse for the Toronto Raptors. Nick Nurse, to me, might be, you know, top three coach in the league. 
I mean, just the way his defensive strategy, he makes adjustments in the middle of the game. You know, you might see one thing, one game, but then the next game is something completely different. He's just good at just switching things up, catching you off guard, and doing something you did wouldn't expect. Nobody thought they would, you know, once they lost Kawhi, nobody thought you know, the Raptors would be competing for championships. He's doing a good job, got him in that second seed, and got him right, you know, in spot to make another run for another title. I'm going to go with Nick Nurse. That's my coach of the year. I think he what he's done with Toronto and it's shown he, you know, he's a good coach. Everybody was mad they made the, you know, made the switch to him after they had won 59 games and got to the Eastern Conference. But I think it was a good move. And I think he's shown that he is a good coach. I would I would have thrown Taylor Jenkins in there in there too, because I think I love the job he's done in Memphis as a first-year coach with a young team. I think, you know, he deserves some uh, consideration too. But I'm going to go with Nick Nurse as my NBA Coach of the Year. And those are my awards, and I'm sticking to them. Thanks for joining me this week. 